David Anthony Hentz is a classically trained actor and musician from Tucson, Arizona. While there, he worked as a member of the Arizona Repertory Theater and has since performed with numerous New York City companies, including Hamlet and Dead, where he's also a resident acting company member, Red Monkey Theater Group, The Wandering Theater Project, and more. Outside of acting, David is also an advanced guitarist, specialing in rock, pop, contemporary, and improvisationatory styles. I didn't read my one sheet before I started talking. Improv... Visitory. He does improv on the guitar and he's dope. We introduce the series. Huh. How uh, does this sound? How does this sound? This is a sound test. Mark me. Mark, Mark me. Mark me. Mark Find Mark. this microphone apt. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is David Andrew Laws. Welcome to Dress for the Podcast You Want. It's 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 podcast time. That's a good maybe that'll be the intro and it's, outro. It's podcast. It's 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 podcast. <laughs> I mean it is. It sure is. Can't go wrong with the truth. <laughs> Welcome to podcast. Welcome <laughs> with podcast podcast <laughs> featuring my guest podcast. <laughs> featuring Ludacris. <laughs> My co-host today is here. Hello. Oh my goodness. I'm actually here. Hi, Megan. How are you? Oh, Megan is her name. Megan Greener. Yes, I am. I, I am that, and I am also ragged. How are you? You are ragged. No. Yes. A ragged co-host. Mm-hmm. What's the matter? Uh, Why are you so tired? This is my first day at home in a really long time. A very long time. Yeah. And you're spending it with us. Yes. With two Davids. That's true. That's true. Because oh my, gosh. my guest today is David Anthony Hentz. Hello. What's up, Dave? Thank you for having me, David. Thank no, you for no, me, no, no, no. Thank you. No, thank you. For being had by us. I have had, and I will come back to have had more. More. In the future. More. <laughs> more. Dave has a PBR. Megan has some Riesling, and I have some Guinness. Let's clink them. <laughs> oh, right. no, I clinked against my microphone. Ding, ding, ding. Podcast, ding, podcast. Ding, ding. Uh, to, po- to podcast. Two podcasts. We have to establish early on our, our who's Dave A and, and yes. who's Dave B tonight. I don't go by Dave, so you don't. So. Okay, so David and Dave. Yep, easy yep. peasy. It's so weird when I look at the poster and it's like David and Drew Laws, David <laughs> and then he hands. That's I'm like, funny. we need one more to complete the trifecta. <laughs> I always wanted to meet somebody named uh, Drew so that I could be David and Drew, and it would be really confusing <laughs> to people. <laughs> Um, I have a lot of name-based things that I want. Like, yeah. Like the Laws delay. That's from Hamlet. But I feel yeah. like it would be yes. a, a sex move named after me. Now, how would that go? The Laws delay. Well, that's when you uh, uh, run lines in your head to keep yourself from finishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I've never done that. I have questions Wink. that I don't know if I can ask through here. Okay. <laughs> do you want to ask later or do you want to ask now? I'm, this is an open vessel. Go for it. Um, is that based on true life? I don't know. I don't think. Okay. I don't know. I'd have to check. I don't know. People get distracted very easily. It's like and well, li- lines are the first thing that come up a lot of the time. Well, you're supposed to think about things. That's, yeah. a, that's a very male stereotype thing. You got to think you go baseball, cold showers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I've never lines uh, from Hamlet. I don't understand what? how the cold shower principle works uh, to this day. Do you get turned up by cold showers? I mean, I've never really allowed myself the opportunity. It's invigorating. It is. It is. Like, I could never be one of the polar bears if I tried. Well, not with that attitude. Not with that. <laughs> Why not? Go down to Coney Island in, like, the dead of December. You've never done a polar bear plunge? No. And uh. it is weird because, like, I don't really have a bucket list, but I do have kind of like a, 
it's like a Tuesday. It's not like a Tuesdays and Mori list, but like I need to do like at least ten things in my life that shock me out of my like comfort before I before I pass away. Okay, and that is one of them. Hmm. That, yeah, the polar bear plunge. Is the polar bear plunge. Yeah. Hey, David. Hey, that's me. What does Dave do? Well, that's the thing. Fun thing about season three that you've not been around to know about yet is oh. I've already talked about what Dave does. I've done oh. a whole intro about Dave already. Oh, wow. But I record it later. Isabel types me up a one sheet, and I look at it, and then I send it to the <laughs> guest for approval. Uh, but this is like, this this episode is being recorded like a month ahead of time, because season three, we're killing it, baby. All right. Hey guys, it's been a while. We're killing it. It's been a while for me. No, I know. It's all right. You're here. I was going to talk about something alcohol-related. Oh, I was going to tell a story that maybe you know. If you know that, I won't tell it. I'm always down for alcohol stories. I've got several to <laughs> tell. It's one of my favorite And this is when my girlfriend stories. tunes out. She's like, and I'm out. It's not, <laughs> a, it's not a personal drinking story. It's a it's an alcohol fact uh, okay. that I learned from Stephen Fry. And so I don't know if it's true. But really? I bet it's true. I didn't learn it from him. I learned it from watching. We weren't like, uh-huh. we weren't hanging out. He wasn't like giving advice or anything. Dave, uh, David, what you must do? That's, I can't do Stephen Fry. <laughs> Well, David, why don't, why don't you just try? I'm Stephen Fry. Fry. Story again. <laughs> Here's my story. Mm-hmm. I imagine Stephen Fry is a great owl. Um, yes. Right? Isn't yeah, it? totally. Uh, he was telling a story once uh, about the fact that uh, uh, in Russian, uh, when you want to make something diminutive or make it cute, you add uh, you just add a K, like uh, just anywhere in there. Oh, I do know you this. You know this story? Yeah. Right? And so you would be like, uh, divka or like mig migke, right? You just put like a K sound in there to like make it like, oh, it's cute. It's a little, ooh, it's, ooh, it's, mm. it's like a term of endearment type of thing. Exactly. Like, like, like et in French or like archik. Mm. Arch, archik. Archik or archka. Archka. Yeah. And so the Russian word for water is voda and vodka. Is a little, is a little water. Oh wow! It's a cute little water. Look at the water. So I can actually like validate. It's like no, no, no. I'm not alcoholic. I'm being cute. I'm being cute. I'm being cute. <laughs> I don't appreciate. This, I'm this being approach. cute. Massively I'm being cute. Cute. Aggressively cute. Vodka. My hmm. little water. This Bloody Mary is not cute enough. <laughs> <laughs> Make my Bloody Mary pink. Um, with extra rosé. I'm really glad we're all here today. But I have a question that What's I have up? to start the podcast with. All right. Dave. I am running for president. Do, oh. Thank you. <laughs> I, I David, David, 2020. That when I had, that's, a perfect, that's a perfect team, by the way. I would run with you, for sure. <laughs> I would be the Buckingham to your Richard III. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, I was realizing when we recorded this, I recorded like three episodes in the same day with three different women. And I always start the podcast by saying, I need to ask you a very important question. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Just imagine someone being like, what? Oh my god! I've always imagined it would happen this way. I don't function under no pressure, so this is like really terrifying for me right now. <laughs> well, the question is: Do you consider yourself a successful person? Yes, <gasps> unequivocally. Yes. it's unequivocally, and I and it's weird because I've actually been thinking about success for like the last week. Great, and I think that I'm successful in the fact that I haven't run away yet from. Just, just, just like New York City from careers, from, from anything. I, I've kind of like, I've planted. And it's weird mm-hmm. because throughout my life, that hasn't always been the case. Like, I've always been very wary of like, whether or not like what I'm doing in my life is like the correct choice. Hmm. And there have been like a lot of events in like my time here in New York that have kind of shaken my faith. So the fact that I'm still, the, the fact that I'm like sitting here right now having a beer 
with my friends <laughs> and talking about like success and acting. That's, that, success. that's kind of like indicative of the fact that like four years ago you could not have told me that that was going to happen in New York City. Really? So that's kind of you yeah. planting your feet and giving your finger to the oncoming storm. I guess, yeah, yeah. the storm. Huh. Not like not like an industry or like a person or anything. Just like the storm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long have you been in New York? I have been in New York since August of 2015. I literally oh, so four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, yeah, I got on a plane. And literally, I, I think the other thing about success is like it's the ability to like leap without looking. Mm-hmm. And I've leapt without looking a lot more times than I wish I did. Did you know that's my favorite quote? Uh, is go to the edge of the uh, go to the edge of the cliff. Go to the ed- God damn it! I'm not drunk. <laughs> go to the edge of your cliff and leap it's off. percent. Build your wings on the way down. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think that's Ray Bradbury, and I love that quote. It, um, yeah, and it, it it's it's super it's it's scary. Yeah, it's very unnerving. And there was one moment, and I I like thinking about this moment where I was literally only about an hour off the plane, <laughs> and I'm already like, take me back, take me back, oh, and no. then and then it didn't happen. Um, basically, the story was as soon as I graduated, I bought a plane ticket to London because I was doing a quick ten uh, day program over there. Ooh. I had made plans to sublet with a friend. That it fell through just because it's impossible to try to find an apartment when you're not in the city. Impossible. Yes. Literally looking. You know nothing about like the, the biggest thing for me was like I didn't know about anything about like guarantors like forty times or eighty times. Yeah. That was also new to me. I, I had like this really naive thing. And this is what I wish they had like taught us in college is like mm-hmm. they ask you the specific questions was like when do you think you're gonna stop acting? When are you not <gasps> gonna make it? They ask you that? I shit you not. Whoa. In my f- senior year, we had the first Whoa. semester dedicated to um it, it was kind of like facing the hard facts about the career. Yeah. And we had discussions online. And the first question that was asked was, what, what, at what time are you going to say this is over? Five years? Ten years? That is an interesting question, though. I think pretty pessimistic to come from your uh, school of higher education. But it is an interesting question that yeah. I ask people a lot about. Like, it, It's a thought that I have about like how long do you work at something, anything really, before mm-hmm. you just go, oh my god, this isn't for me. Or you just go, like, no, I'm going to keep pushing. But for your college to be like, we're preparing you for the realities of the world. And it was also, uh, when are you thinking about quitting? Yeah, just avoid. Just, just, just clearing the battlefield a little bit. You know, it's more about cycling through. <laughs> yeah, are if you going to stay at the restaurant table forever? You've already, tr- you've already eaten. You're not going to eat anymore. <laughs> Make room for the next person. They're going. Uh, <laughs> if you had to physically fight one of your classmates, who do you think you could kill? <laughs> you know, I wish to this day I actually remembered what I said. Because I thought the discussion questions were a lot of bullshit. It was weird because I respected the fact that the question was being asked. But then having come to New York, I think that there are better questions to the same effect that they could have asked. Yes. Yeah. Like when you do come out here, you are going to fail. You're not going to, f- and let me rephrase that, you're not going to fail because you didn't try. You're, you're, you're going to go through times of turbulence. What they didn't offer was like some sort of like spiritual mm. and like, you know, personal survival course. Sure. Like, well, how do you yeah. treat yourself during the dark times? Mm. Well, then what else do you do? I think that's such an important thing mm-hmm. for actors and actors in New York City specifically. But like all of the success, like most, not even successful, happy actors that I know do something else. They do music, mm-hmm. pointing mm-hmm. at Dave. Yes. They do yoga. They do kendo, right? They do something mm-hmm. else that brings them joy. They work They're on they work on corporate games like James. Exactly. I think that's what, I think that's exactly. one of the coolest things. Yeah. yeah. When I saw yeah. that in real time, I'm like, God, that's what I wish I could be doing in like downtime. And it, it's it looked incredibly fulfilling. And I got a little jealous of it. I'm not gonna lie. Because that's you so could do cool. That. You could do that for sure. Man, I wish I wish that he would just invite me to all those corporate games because I was screaming up and down with <laughs> Stephanie uh, uh, from Hamlet. Yes. Just like uh, 
amazed at the fact that our digital horses were beating the shit out of everyone. Did you play else. horses? We did. Oh, I just did some more voiceover for horses. Oh, did you really? Yeah, we, we did. We got we got some studio time and did a bunch of like bad horse commentary <laughs> where we're like, and we realized. Oh, is that why he needed the horse puns? Uh, he asked me before? to come up with a bunch You're of horse puns. You're never gonna make it. That, that sounded like a sheep. That didn't <laughs> sound like, like it was like a witch sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we would do, we found out. We kept saying, "Do you kn- maybe you can keep an ear out for this?" I don't think so because I think it's just what I did in my commentary persona. We kept saying "absolutely" like all the time. Absolutely. Someone would be like, <laughs> "Not like that." <laughs> Someone would be, you know, one of us would be like. Oh, it's a beautiful day out here on the racetrack. And the other ones will go, absolutely. Everyone's really excited to be here. And like, we just kept, we didn't, we couldn't <laughs> stop. And when they pointed out so to us. So it was the two of you, you and James doing it? was me and James recording. Oh my God. It oh was great. God. I was the color commentator. My name was uh, uh, Corbin Blue Jr. Corbin Blue. <laughs> That's my commentator name. Corbin Blue Jr. What was his name? Uh, I don't remember, but it was Dirk Thurman. probably gross. Yeah, it was probably, it was probably, it was probably <laughs> like, it was probably like ham slam body or something. <laughs> Ham Slam Body here commentating with Gordon Blue Jr. as we overlook the digital races. Wow, this rain is really wet. Look at that brown horse. Look at those gray horses. I like colors. I'm betting on horse number four. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter? What did I just say? Are you making jokes (laughs) that are already jokes? No. Oh. Yes. Oh. Famously. All comedy that I do is recycled. (laughs) I have not an original bone in my body. That's not true. Sometimes we tell you to do things and you do them funny and then they're funny. (laughs) You do them funny and then they're funny. funny And then they're funny. Yeah. You funny. Dave, you're funny. And Dave is a brilliant musician. I probably talked about that in the intro, but like, do you, you didn't, you didn't agree with me hard enough. Do you like, is, is music one of the things that has helped you, uh, persist in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's funny because music was one of those things that when I was uh, doing in college was also kind of, I don't want to use like the words life preserver, but it definitely was an asset and it was cool to like continue to try to hone that. Like um there there was this improv group that I was involved with in college. Uh, they they were called the Charles they still are. They're called the Charles Darwin Experience and I remember <laughs> audition yeah, the idea that you have to like evolve or die. And that was really cool like they were really on the nose with that. But I auditioned for them no less than like Five or six times. Really? Yeah. And I never got in. I never got in. And then one fall they had music auditions and I just brought my guitar in and boom, that was it. So that was kind of like my as the door was closing, I ran real I ran quick in with the guitar. And you put yeah, you put your guitar in the door. Yeah. You said. Wait. And it, it got used in the improv group, it got used in college. Yeah, and, and it's great. And, and out here, it's definitely been one of those things that's kind of like kept me on the straight and true. Well, he was uh, uh you know, back several months ago when we were constantly talking about Hamlet because that's all you and I were steeped in. Dave was in that production and he was literally the Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins of our production of Hamlet. What does that mean? He was like the one man band. He was that guy that like had the five instruments strapped to him and he was switching between all of them. He played guitar and ukulele and and the the harmonica. harmonica. Oh, that's right. And the cajon. Yeah. And I was assisted by the lovely Cato Crumbly and Kelly Miles. Their voices were And he was singing along with them and harmonizing. Stomping the ground to get everyone's attention to get between acts one and two. I'll never forget Kelly Taylor just like running and giving like the okay <laughs> sign, and we're stomping as hard as we can during Down by the River. And then James appears out of nowhere and he's just giving us like the long, like elastic stretch oh. signal. And we're oh, just like, no. do we scream the second verse even louder? Do it again. Hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. All these, old, all these older patrons are just looking like I'm shaken by this production. The song's so loud. I don't know. Yeah, why. that that one night where like 
Kelly was nowhere near the stage manager table, and I was. What do we do? Oh no! Crazy Ophelia was already set on stage. Right. It was some. It was definitely some gorgeous like uh, scene painting. Like (laughs) I I loved looking at it. It was so. It was so very cool. Mm. Yeah, we had some music uh, issues at the end. We had we had string fatigue. I remember famously during the last week we had strings break on both the ukulele and uh, one of my two guitars. We broke yep. a ukulele yeah. string during the show and, and borrowed a ukulele from an audience member. Our, our assistant for this podcast. My assistant is really had had brought her ukulele because she's she, like she uses it as a purse. She carries it around all the time. Was that yeah. the was that the bright blue one? There was a bright blue one, wasn't there? That that, that one's actually one mine. That's actually yours. Okay. And that was a backup one, I think. What are the odds? Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. It that was, was wild. It was a pretty wild day. But she, but she had hers, and during intermission, our stage manager went up to her <laughs> and we were like, hey, can we borrow hey. Your, your ukulele? She's like, sure, <laughs> let me tune it. And she just did it right there from her audience seat and then just handed it over. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's like losing a dagger and being like, I don't have a dagger. Hopefully the audience member has a few daggers on <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Is there a dagger in the house? Dagger? They're like, we have a Swiss army knife. We're like, we'll make it work. Time is up. We'll make it work. Give me, give me, give me. I'll use that. Um, and so, wait, 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 wait. Uh, actor, singer, musician, comedian. Comedian. What's your, what's your day job? I am a... Fulfillment associate for a startup shoe company in Brooklyn. Oh, and I also that. am part of the great, great tradition of Cater Waiter. Hey, hey. you and me both. How's, hey. how's all that? It's been going. Um, I've kind of it's it's interesting to like settle into an actual routine now where I'm working anywhere between 30 to 40 hours a week mm. while still auditioning and trying to find another gig. But it's been interesting. That's been a weird thing because that was not the case for four years. That's only happened within the last like four months, and it's a really creeping kind of feeling like I'm not used to that and I'm almost I, I it's weird it, I, I I don't want to I don't want to knock it by saying it's abysmal but I feel Sorry, like what's these the feeling I, I sometimes black out what's what the what's the feeling that's creeping in uh, I don't know if I can paint a picture correctly you know when you're catering you're like it, it's a very bouncy kind of job you're going from gig to gig you're not really sure where you're gonna land but it's like you're Mario jumping from mushroom to mushroom mm-hmm. well you can't be jumping from mushroom to mushroom because you absorb the mushrooms right you, you the mushrooms make you there's bigger. some hard mushrooms Oh, you know what? Yeah, there's some harder mushrooms. There are some mushroom platforms. Excuse my ignorance. Yeah, but then it's like the 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 other day job is kind of like you you're not bouncing on mushrooms anymore. You're running across the long path and nothing's happening. I guess it's more of a sonic metaphor where it's like you're running and you're running and you're running. And it's like the boss is incoming. The boss is incoming. I can't see it. I'm really scared. And that's kind of what it feels like for me. Is like now that I'm kind of settled into like a a 34 hour routine, it gets it, it gets oddly comfortable. And I'm wondering, like, if you want to start upping up to, like, 40 hours a week and where the benefits set in. And then it's kind of like, for me, that's kind of like the end of the question that we were asking earlier. It's yeah. like, at what point do you settle? And that's eerie. Mm-hmm. It's eerie for me. Because don't? I, don't, I'm not the kind, I don't feel like I'm the kind of soul who's really accustomed to that yet. I genuinely can't imagine you, like, can't either. working at a job. I can't. Who would hire me? <laughs> that's, that's not the CEO of the company, literally, <laughs> so the first time I met him was like, I've been looking over your resume. It's very nice. And I knew he was so full of shit because I'm like, I know my resume. Come on. <laughs> I've got like two things. One of them is still my high school GPA. <laughs> well, you said you don't remember the answer to the question then. Like, is there an, is, is there an answer now? What, when do you no, quit? No, there, there is no answer. The, and and I, I don't know well, if that was like something that. not no answer. Does, does that mean your answer is that you won't? You mean stop? Yeah, I don't think I I can, and mm. that's really just by by virtue of being like this is one thing that I've been doing for like 
most of my life throughout camps and high school. Like, you know, that whole origin story for like yeah. every actor. But for me, though, it's just like I feel like I'm good at a lot of things. I feel like if there's one thing that makes me happy and I keep trying to get better at, it's this. Yeah. So I can't really stop chasing that. Yeah. So it, so going back to like the survival thing, mm-hmm. what I wish that my college would have offered was like like how to get through the dark times, like I said. Yeah. Like how do you how do you like fight that kind of like s- that creeping feeling? How do you stay above it? Like how do you take care of yourself? And that could like, be said for a lot of college yeah. programs that are missing that. I think some are getting better about it now, especially like uh, really prepping for the business of it mm-hmm. and what comes with it. But I think there's a lot of programs that are still missing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think like I could teach it sometimes, but then I'm like I'm very aware that I couldn't teach that because I'm still you know swimming through that myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I th- we have these teachers that are th- th- they they present their careers in front of us as you know like ex Broadway you know ex like company members of other companies. It's like we know that they have expertise, but at some point along the line they forgot to like share what happened during their dark times, mm. which I think is weird because I feel like that's the most like human thing is mm-hmm. to be able to say like listen. I'm teaching you this really cool technique, but let me tell you some times where I was kind of like falling through the cracks and how I was able to stay afloat. That's what I genuinely can like glean from. Yeah. And I wish that that was offered more. That is interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. what like does it is it because people don't want to show failure? We we present this industry where it's like the idea of failure is already so concrete because when they present statistics like one out of a hundred people make it great the the odds are already against us so i feel like they have to like present like make it that's so like yeah well fuck like, that well because and another question i ask on the podcast let me ask this and maybe this will, maybe this will i don't know stir something um what's your what's your like apex what's your what's My your it's, it's always really interesting for me asking those kinds of questions to people My. who are like yeah i'm successful but like what's your like i, I did it i reached my look pedicle. at me i did it look i did um, it I think the goal for me changes a lot. I think. Are you asking me like in the next couple of years or like at the end of like my life? Um, because I actually have like answers for both. Give me both. Well, in a, in a more lighthearted like way, I guess like my apex like at the end of my life is to like come home from a really good show, and then and th- this is like a really weird fantasy. And it started when I went to Hawaii one year. I went into a pizzeria, and the guy had like. It's like a New York pizza, but this guy had even more. It was like him with like several actors, several rock and roll musicians, just like strewn throughout the place. Wow. So like my goal at the end of it is like it's to make it, like have met a lot of people, take really cool pictures, at some point still act but make pizza for everybody and just yeah. have pictures of like everyone I've ever met and be like that. It's a legacy. Mm. I think legacy to me is like really important. Nice. And it's not even like a big legacy. Like I, I know people want to go to Broadway. I'm open to that possibility. I don't know if like I want to like chase a more regional setting or mm. if I just want to like tour. I don't know yet. I think I just want to like consistently get paid for my work and feel happy about it and at the end of the day come home and you know be with someone who's really supportive. Mm. That's kind of like the apex. And that's another thing is like they don't teach you about like what it's like to like work or make it with other people for yeah. sure like in your life. That yeah. was that, that I do not remember that being one of the discussion questions is like what happens like if you meet someone or like, how does how does that change your your goal? How do you how do you be a human being and do mm-hmm. the work? Is yeah. your is your and we can I want to use this to transition into right. That's a lot about professional success. Let's talk about personal success. Oh right. Is your girlfriend an actor? No, she's not. Thank but we did God. meet. <laughs> you lucky bastard. Why do you say that? Hey. Uh, b- okay, you know. Okay. First of all, because there is traditionally a very stereotypical like it is yes. tough for actors to date actors, and that it is, is. Like, that is just that is just the case. And yes. Megan and I are not Megan and I are not competitive with each other, or uh, I mean, career wise, not really with other people. We we try to sort of stay in our own lane a little mm. bit, but it's 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 um, 
What is difficult about it is a letting one person's success be both person's success, which yeah. I think we have gotten good at doing. Yes, I, uh, I, I think my brain has a long way to go on that. I think I think we had some we had an unexpected bump, and tell me if I'm wrong, and this will be an interesting thing for me to find out. I feel like we had an unexpected bump about that with Drunk Shakespeare. That like I was like I'm gonna do Drunk Shakespeare, and I, the the outside sense was my partner being like you're not even trying to be an actor and this thing happened to you and now you have this great gig. Like, why, why don't I have that? Was there, was there an element of that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. And so like that sucks and like doesn't really happen. Like if I were dating a lawyer or a musician or like a, like a doctor, like whatever, they would be like, great. That's the thing you want to do and you Mm -hmm. get to do it. Congratulations. I'm going to be over here still doing the thing I want to do. Yeah. Um, And so there's a level of personal security between you two. Like you're both secure enough and like, you know where your career is going and you are able to share that happiness with each other. Well, and that's the real, that's the difference yeah. though, is that I'm not really an actor much anymore, right? I'm doing Drunk Shakespeare and that's great, but so much of the other stuff that I do is arts admin and and, okay. and and all this other stuff. I think if we were both being actors, there would still be that 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 sort of like, really, it's easier to be an actor couple when you're both doing well. And mm-hmm. it's probably even, right, it's probably like easiest to be an actor couple when things are both going well. And then below that is probably, it's easier to be an acting couple when things are going poorly for you both. Mm-hmm. But if things are going well, well for one of you when and poorly for the other it's hard yeah. it's gotta mm-hmm. be hard um so we don't have that as much anymore but um i mm-hmm. think that's i think that's that's part of it so your girlfriend's not an actor no she the, the funny thing is we met during one of my uh performances she was a uh, assistant no stage manager for rhinoceros in a theater company up in the bronx oh. that's the first that's the first time we met and she does continue to do that. Like professionally, she works for a stage. She works as a stage manager for like different dance companies, oh, that's cool. including uh, her own that she runs with her mother. But she also does uh, admin work for the same school that we met. So mm-hmm. she's she's able to like fulfill both uh, an artistic and like an administrative side to her. Yeah. But no, she's not an actor. No. Okay. But the really cool thing about that but is, she is like, gets your world. She gets it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the thing, and that's the hardest thing. It's like she's not so far removed where she can't you know fathom why i'm like away for <laughs> two and a half and that was a weird for thing sure for I, sure that I, was a weird thing i i did a gig in my hometown of tucson arizona for two and a half months nice and it messed with me because hmm. it's it's a weird it's a weird distance thing yeah and yeah. it's like i i missed her well yeah. and even yeah. even smaller scale than that like uh uh i don't think either of them listen to the podcast i'm gonna talk about them uh <laughs> like i know that Shayna sometimes james's fiance like mm-hmm. doesn't not understand but just like doesn't gel with the fact that like he has to work on the weekends and mm-hmm. has to work on at nights when he's directing a show like she is she is a very nine to five person she works in in early childhood development mm-hmm. um congratulations shana getting your master's if you are listening Woo-hoo. i'm really proud of you <laughs> um but like that that's been a tough hurdle of of him just being like i i i, I gotta i gotta i don't have a normal work schedule i gotta do this thing it's weird yeah. it's wacky and it changes you know week to week yeah, um, and he's he's got his nine to five, the game development, and yeah. then goes to rehearsal. That's also true. That's a yeah. lot. We're all busy, busy yeah. boys and girls. Um, but, but to be with someone who gets that, that's what's important. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing well with her. Yeah, it's been really fun. How's it's the rest great. of your? How's your personal success? Personal success is going pretty good. Um, going back to it, like I think finding a place, you know, finally putting your name on a lease was a big like mm. morale increase. For sure. Yeah. Especially because, like, I was a professional subletter for, like, three years. Really? Okay. That long? To kind of cap off, like, what I was saying at the beginning, when I got on the flight, when I came oh, here, yeah. what ended up happening was I did an Airbnb, uh, the first time I ever tried an Airbnb, and when I booked it, it was, an, and I'll never forget this, it was called uh, Crash Pad for Men. Oh. So get, get ready. 
and there was and I didn't even notice until I like was at the place when I was like looking at the details again right beneath it was like crash pad for women. What does this mean? Now it was in Elmhurst, Queens. And I got off the plane in LaGuardia and it took me about 10 minutes to get there by cab. I walk up to the gate and it's so weird. This property, it's like some sort of diamond in the rough where it's like it's all green grass and like the sun somehow was shining right on this house specifically <laughs> and it was a big beautiful looking you know estate yeah and there was this girl on like some lawn chair reading game of thrones she looks up at me she goes guten tag <laughs> just like she was really nice i'm like can i can i talk to the guy who owns the place guy comes out and i go into like the house and it's a little disheveled there's maybe uh, like three rooms they're all filled with bunk beds and it, and I'm it's like, a hostel. it's a hostel. And, it, and that was also my first experience with hostel, but it gets better because I had my entire life in three bags and you'll love this. I had like a broken down Fender Stratocaster yeah. in mm. my bag, which I was carrying around. It was, yeah, I needed it. Um, I asked him, it's like, Hey, uh, where am I staying? He takes me outside the property. We go down, um, just to the side of it. There's a huge diamond plate door. Huge. Whoa. Yeah, down like two concrete steps. He opens it, and in this little area that we're doing the podcast recording was the size of the room, and there were four bunk beds. Okay. Now, I'm, now I, I've never four had... Four bunk beds. Four bunk beds. Not two beds making four beds. No, excuse me. Bunk- yes, two bunk beds. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, so two bunk beds. Yeah, Great. so it was, it was very small. Um, and I had three huge bags with me, and you know, I, I've never had a panic attack before in my life. And I asked him... That's cool. Can I have a key so I can kind of go out and look at the city just a little bit? And he's like, oh, we don't lock things here. And I just stopped dead. I stopped dead. I'm like, what do you mean you don't lock anything? It's like, yeah, we don't have locks on our property at all. You can just kind of come and go as you please. And I'm freaking out for two reasons. One, because like I have my entire life in three bags. Anyone can just come and take it. Or B, I'm just laying in the dead of night looking up at a top bunk and like someone can either just walk in the door and murder me. And it was absolutely freaky. Dude, and I, They wouldn't murder you immediately they wouldn't know they'd want to have a conversation with me first they want to get to know my life story exactly yeah. oh so they'd want to know what was in the three bags the three bags and I'd be in like, one bag is my music <laughs> swiss gold in another <laughs> bag <laughs> is my soul <laughs> and in the third bag is what you've always desired Wait, would you try to like turn it Which into a will you open <laughs> You try and to stump them. When they open one bag, you open them with a Stratocaster and then I beat them to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It wouldn't even been a fully like built. I would have just had like the neck. I would have just had to use that. That's wouldn't true. even have the body. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but that's when I said, like, uh huh. Uh huh. Did you say there? N- no. You didn't say I, it all? No. What I did was I left, and against my better judgment, I left the three bags there temporarily, and I'm walking down Queens Boulevard. I'm literally having like a Charlie Brown Christmas moment, like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, my walking God. Walking down Queens Boulevard, just like looking, and it was really picturesque. It's like that scene in a movie where like you see what you want, and it's so far away in the distance, and New York City was right there. Yeah. Because yeah. where I was at, I was like deep into Queens, down Queens Boulevard, yeah. and I could just see like the skyline of the city. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm closer to LaGuardia than I am to New York City. Ugh. Do I just pack it up? But like, you know, and this was at a time where, you know, I had no people out there. I had one person, no two, I had two people out there, but I hadn't really talked to much since I've been there. So I ended up, you know, God bless my mom. She's the most supportive person in my life. She's like, no, 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 fuck this. Just get your money back. And like, it, of course you needed to hear like the voice of reason where it's like, no, go, go back, go talk to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got the money back. But what ended up happening was I ended up getting a motel 
not much further away, huh. but my 10-day stay turned into a two-day stay. That's true. Oh. To put your entire life together. Yeah. My time there got cut by 80%. What <sighs> um what happened in the version? Oh, my God. My voice keeps breaking tonight. I don't know what's going on. It's the, it's the it's, Guinness. It's man. the Guinness. The Guinness. Oh, the Guinness. The podcast podcast is brought to you oh, by the podcast me. Guinness. Oh, it's got me. Got my Guinness. Do you better <laughs> not lay a finger on my Guinness. The beer of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened in the version of your life where you did just go, fuck it, and got back on a plane? Where did you go? What did you do? What are you doing now? Well, are you asking me, like, wait, are, you, are we scenario building where, like, if I actually had gone back yeah, on a yeah, plane? Yeah, in the, in the alternate reality where you went, oh right? God. It's such a, like, uh, I, first of all, I love alternate realities. I love the concept of them. And so, like, every little thing that we do, picking up this way versus picking up this way, changes the stuff. And But oh, there are man. also those, like, pivotal life moments where it's like, I'm going to stay in New York, right? Because I did a similar thing when I graduated yeah. college. I had two bags. I got on a bus. I came to New York. It was, mm-hmm. like, the day after you graduated. I didn't know what I was doing. I stayed no. on a couch for way too long. Um, that's what you do. It's it's such a rite of passage. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It's terrifying. But it, when I Megan didn't do that, well, I, I had like a, I had a brother who was already living here. Oh really? Yeah. Oh good for you. And so he, and he needed a roommate. So <laughs> so what happened in the version where you were like, you know what? Um, Fuck this, and you got on the plane and went I back. I guess there's no other way to say it. I guess I just would have gotten back to Tucson, Arizona. I would have, you know, probably found a small apartment. I God, I don't I, I don't know. Much that's the scary thing. What's up? Much theater in Tucson? There is. And actually, this is really cool. I mean, I've gone back twice to work with one company because they're a great classical company to work with. But oh. the funny thing is, ah. like, in the in the great state of Arizona, I will honestly say I think that Tucson has, like, the most brimming theater scene. We have a great professional actor training program, the one I came from at the U of A. Mm. You have Arizona Theater Company. You have the Rogue Theater, who I worked with. You have a lot of, you have several indie theaters. The scene is just bustling. Cool. It's Hashtag great. Arizona. Good to know. It is. And Phoenix has theater too. Phoenix has also, you know, like Actors Theater and Arizona Theater Company. But Tucson just has like that more, you know, homebody feel. You can get from mm. point A to point B in Tucson in 40 minutes. Cool. You can see everything. You cool. Know, when my girlfriend came out, I was actually happy to like show her the entirety of the city I felt like in seven days. Nice. Because it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's the short answer. As I guess I would have gone back and, you know, tried to do something there. That is the short answer, though, because, uh, you know, in the scenario right now, I can't even think about what I would have done. Yeah. I can't. I, I don't know what day job I would have done. You know, I probably I feel would have. Yeah. Because there's no grand catering scene in Tucson. <laughs> I guess there's waiting scene, but yeah. You could have opened a, a, a jewel shop. A jewel shop, a turquoise shop, a turquoise, <laughs> a, comp- a competing turquoise shop, <laughs> and watch repair place. Just call it, call it the best turquoise shop. The best, famous Dave's original, famous turquoise. Dave's ori- original turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love. Watch, there is some shop out there. Famous like, hey. Dave's, Dave's original, original turquoise. No, hold we on. We don't, wait, don't wait. go to Ray's turquoise, man. Famous <laughs> Dave's. Me and Ray used to work together. We don't, we don't, we don't vibe well. Turquoise. Oh, we're actually looking this up. I just want to make sure you can get this for when New York falls. No, when you Google Famous Dave's Original Turquoise, the first thing you get is Famous Dave's Barbecue. Is this your barbecue? It's It could be. It, uh, the website that's says like, it's, that's says like it's parallel our rea- barbecue. That's parallel realities. Like, that's the multiverse. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you've asked this question in another reality, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to Tucson and start doing barbecue. Yeah, that's a good split. Well, d- that's a good split between you and me and all we the alternate things. Famously. Right, you can have Dave's Barbecue, and obviously you have Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. I have David's Bridal and David's Tea. 
Yeah, oh my god, yeah. You get yeah, you do get the tea. Yeah, I think I have a, a check cashing place on the upper west side. There's like David's check cashing. Uh-huh. What else does Dave have? Dave You know, d- the reason I wanted to be called Dave was because of Wendy's. Uh, really? Yeah, Is I that don't know. There, there was something. Yeah, there was. There was something really endearing <laughs> about like the guy who ran Wendy's and had the square patties. And as a kid, and I think I was probably seven or eight at the time, where I just basically started calling myself Dave in front of my parents, and I'm sure that pissed them <laughs> off. <laughs> he was cute. I hope he wasn't a racist. I don't know if that's come out. Oh yet. man, I bet he. I don't bet tell he, me that. I bet he wasn't. I bet he wasn't. I bet he wasn't. Um, and I. What else am I gonna nutmeg. get my frosties, man? Nut Megan. What? What a thing to say. I have nutmeg. That- what? <laughs> <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> you go to your room. I'll take my nutmeg with me. Stop it. Oh. Um, <laughs> the other. I need you during pumpkin spice season. <laughs> <laughs> it's right around the corner. Come on, it's August. You know have, it's coming soon. Have ta- it's, oh, it is. Can't it, be nut, taking a sick day. Nutmeg is coming soon. Um, it is. Uh, oh, there's also. So. Mm-hmm. Professional success, personal success. And then within that, I've been discovering on the podcast is sort of this concept of like interpersonal success. Okay. How's Dave's relationship to Dave? Dave and Dave, um, you know, it, 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 it changes on a really? daily basis. You, from, again, does. from an outside perspective, you seem like a very positive person, Dave. Oh, man. Very much so. Man, I am a good actor. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and the honest truth is, you know, I, I fight myself, you know, every day. Okay. I fight myself every day. And it's more about, like, what I... W- I'm very happy doing acting. It's more about just finding out, like, other tidbits me that I like doing. Do I, do I like writing more? Do I want to, like, try to, like... R- like do a guitar piece do i want to like animate or illustrate for a living it's like and no it always comes back to acting but like in terms of like dave and dave dave likes dave pretty well okay yeah i'm trying to think of like a better way to like answer that i i I do kind of like work through my own things yeah yeah as we all do it's i think it's a right and and I, i try to make nothing off limits or off topic on the podcast but also like only talk about what you're comfortable with um i think the question is it's it's like a it's like a mental health thing right it's like Mm -hmm. it's saying like within my career here's where i am on my journey within my personal life here's where i am on my journey and with my like how i deal with myself where i'm right it was really funny uh greg was asking me yesterday about the harry potter mobile game and i i played that when it first came out um and he was asking me if i still played it and i was like you know what? I don't anymore. I was playing it, and then I got really depressed and started like not finding joy in the things that I usually find joy in. Mm-hmm. And it just like it, it like it was like half joke and half re- it, was, it was probably like a quarter joke and seventy five percent real. But it just sort of like rolled so easily. It wasn't like it wasn't like a it didn't stop the conversation. Go like what? David's depressed, and I was like that's so interesting for me to know that's where I am on my personal journey that I can talk about it. And that's where that's everyone great. around me is that they can roll with that punch and be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. David was depressed. It's stopped playing Harry Potter for a while. <laughs> um, it's really inspiring to like hear that talk about openly. Cause I'm, I'm finding out there are more friends that like are coming out and saying that and like the way they're handling it with like therapy. I'm like that hear that talked about in an open forum so positively. And I like, I, I admire that. Do you go to therapy? No, I, I don't, but not for lack of desire. Do you want to, I'll, I'll, I'll be your therapist. You'll be, be all right. Let's do it right now. Right, I'm already on a comfy couch. <laughs> I need Archie. He's your support animal. He's, he's <laughs> over there. I think he'd he's behind migrated. Yeah. He's behind the thing. Um, Dave. Yeah. What? Um, how? Uh, uh, what does this ink blot look like? This ink blot? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it looks like King Ghidorah from Godzilla. Oh no! Monsters. Oh no! Yeah. What does that mean? What's this ink blot look like? 
Fran Drescher? Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. What if you had a therapist was like, oh, no. Like the old joke of hearing your barber go, oops, like having a therapist be like, she'd be like, And then they just pick up the next one and they ask you. What's the worst sound your therapist could make? Huh. Huh is not a great one. How about oh shit? That huh feels like uh, huh. looking at your car and you don't quite know what's wrong with it, huh. which is yeah. which is bad. <laughs> oh shit is a is a tough one. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Whoops. I guess uh, if they say get out, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I think a whoops from a therapist would be bad too, right? <laughs> a therapist is like. Uh, and uh, what did you say to your mother when she said that to you? Uh, whoops. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's when they like it's when they keep looking at the clock a little too frequently like oh, a big oh sign. yeah 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 a big sign like um <sighs> yeah I think we're going to call today um it, it, everything else sounds great or just stick like, with that <laughs> or just like I'm sorry I wasn't listening what what <laughs> I I have always said I would be such a terrible therapist because I would be trying to fix people's problems uh which like on the surface feels like what its therapists are supposed to do but I feel like someone would come in and be like uh, you know, I feel like I should just tell my partner this, and I'm like, well, then tell them, tell your, tell yeah. them, tell your partner, tell them right now. Call, here, do you want to call him? I'll call him. Beep, boop, boop. Hey, partner, here, Jeff has something to tell you. <laughs> we can't do that. That's a little intrusive. <laughs> I wanted my therapist to come see Hamlet, but he he didn't want to. Really? Is that he didn't like working? What is that? Is that, is that like how professional like therapists work? Like they keep the relationship still in the office, or, or like if you invite a therapist. Are, are they allowed to come see the show? I think hmm. therapists are like yeah. butterflies. He chose not to come to the show. I think How there are therapists he? who would and who could. I think he he said, I want to keep my uh, relationship to your to situation. The that, to the things that he brings into the room. From me. He okay. wants to only be able to see things from my perspective. And my argument to that was like, what if my perspective is fucked up? Oh, yeah. Like, what if I'm like, oh, man what if I, I mean, what if I did, what if I went into therapy and I was like, Megan shouts every word she ever says. <laughs> and then he met you. And then he came back to therapy. and was like, that's not true. Yeah. And that's weird because you it's know, like, that's not true. Right. And I was like, no, it is true. She shouts all her words. Like that's a weird line between like private, de- like private detective and therapist, because like when you, Ooh, yeah, that's private weird. Therapist. That's private therapist, private therapist, therapy detective, investigative discovery <laughs> therapist version. <laughs> Yeah, and that's weird because like I, I kind of imagine that's kind of like a pilot on Netflix. Yeah, it's like a private eye just goes out and like you said some crazy things. You said some. You fucked said up some shit. fucked up shit. <laughs> hmm. I, I mean, I I I'm like you were. I I've actually never been in a therapist's office, but it's not for lack of want. Yeah, for anything. Um, but I know I I know plenty of people who do go to therapy. Uh, I support it. I should go myself. Mm-hmm. I gotta get my ass together and find one. Right. Um. I had a friend who was going through a pretty, she, she reached a, about a year and a half into her marriage. She reached a pretty big, like understanding working. This is, this is not right. This should never have happened. Um, Mm. and it was actually her therapist who was a lot more proactive and was not the, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about this? She, she was actually the one that said, Okay, do you understand the things that you just said to me right now mm-hmm. and the language that you are using? Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe I should get a second therapist. I really like Hunter, but maybe I should get another therapist just to compare them. Well, it's like people get second opinions from doctors. Ooh. At what point do you do that with therapists? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, but like, yeah. we got to start wrapping up, which yeah, sucks because I love talking to Dave. Maybe we'll just talk to Dave for the rest of our lives. That's fine. Um, Dave, do you have any advice about success? Um, fight for it. You know, fight for it. You know, whenever you feel like you want to leap without looking, just try leaping because what, what else are you going to do? Hmm. I, I don't know. And, that, and that's weird because asking me about like advice and success seems kind of like uh, out of character. I hmm. just want to say keep at it. Keep at it and um, find find hobbies, man. Find yeah. find hobbies. Yeah. For God's <laughs> sake, draw. Go go play chess with like the old men in the park. Hmm. Make make them your therapists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself and accept that when you know you're doing things that you don't feel like you're technically like born to do. You know, just know that it's all temporary. That's one thing that I used to say to like for like friends who were kind of going through problems. It's like you know, all this shit is temporary. Yeah. Yeah. It always gets better. There's one, oh God, there, there was one thing that I found just before I left for New York, and my sister actually has the original copy. Um, I was looking for a book to read on the plane, and I found Great Gatsby. Mm. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but it was actually a, uh, a quote that I've, I've always kind of kept with me. Um, it, it was a piece of paper that was typewritten that was just put in this one book. I flipped through the rest of like the the Great Gatsby's at the Barnes and Nobles. There was literally just this one little wow. four by five note type in type yeah like typewriter format. Cool. That was written there, and it said like every it is all okay, the good times and the bad. For when you reach your final like goal or destination, all things will have made sense. Light and happiness surrounding yourself. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, it was really like I wish I could just like text my sister and be like, "What does that say, Verbe?" I think that's like ninety percent accurate. Dope. It is dope, yeah, and I do keep that with me still. It's just like it's there's always a light. Hmm. Yeah, and I kind of hope that like that translate into like that translates into actor success. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Thank you, Dave. No problem. I'm gonna do the ending stuff. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Is this new from like because I haven't been nope. here in a while? Oh, it's nope. new. It's all the same stuff. <laughs> this has been dressed for the podcast you want. I've been your host, David Andrew Laws. My co-host this week, Megan Greener. Hey. <laughs> well, hey bay, hey bay, hi is uh, as opposed to hi bye. It's hey bay. Very uh, millennial of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and our guest today has been David Anthony Hens. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Was, I knew it would be a pleasure, <laughs> and then it was a pleasure. Um, <laughs> Megan, <laughs> not Meg. Not, not you, Meg. not Meg. Oh, not Meg. <laughs> uh, thank you to Dimly Wit, our uh, podcast network, for having us on their podcast network, podcast, podcast. Uh, you can go to dimlywit.com to hear this podcast as well as others like Bad Examples with Jessica Romano and Tracy DeMarco, except flip those names, I think, is how the title is, but who cares? Not me. And all the other great, 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 great podcasts. Uh, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Instagram. We're on all of those things. Thank you to our Patreon donors. Did Archie do a fart? I think so. No, I'm sorry. Well, thank you to our Patreon donors, Laura St. Pierre, Patrick Marin, and Dr. Michelle East. I want to... um, What's something fun I want to do with my podcast, Mm -hmm. my Patreon donors this week? I want to... um, Draw their portraits uh, with your feet. I want to draw my Patreon donors like... They are one of my French girls with, with your feet. With my feet. With your feet. Yeah. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash dress for the podcast to become a donor to this podcast because uh, Megan and I like to eat. And mm-hmm. I think that's everything. I think that's all the dang things. We haven't done a, a, a tagline yet, uh, but the last two episodes, I forgot to ask my guests advice, but now I remembered to. And so we just need a tagline. I'm going to say that this week's tagline is this has been dress for the podcast you want. It's a podcast. Podcast. Cut. Okay, I'll just edit <laughs> uh, uh, the whole episode out. <laughs>
Hosted on dimlywit.com.